Hello and welcome back to this episode, this bonus episode, in fact, of Trash Future, that podcast mm. whose bonus episode you're listening to right now. Yeah, we've all got our bonus out. It's a bonus episode. We've <laughs> all got our bonus out. It's a bonus oh, episode. We've all got our bonus out. <laughs> oh, it's a fantastic. Oh, I've got good, a... morning. good morning, Milo. Oh, good morning. It's a, it's a lovely morning here in Canberra. I've got a raging <laughs> semi. <laughs> good, good, good morning. Good morning, Hussein. I, I can't even do an Australian accent. No, we're, 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 we're <laughs> no he's saying, don't be a coward. You can <laughs> no, fucking do it. That's taco, not Bunta Vista. It's Every time Australian. I hear an Australian Hybrid. accent, Hybrid. I just like, there's like a, a fight or flight mechanism just like ignites inside me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I can, track I can try Australian and do Dan Muggleton. No, that's crazy. <laughs> you can't do that, mate. And good morning. Good morning <laughs> to Ellis. Yes. From Glasgow, which is our Hawaii. <laughs> I, I, I'm with Hussein on this one. I'm like the 50-50 split in the podcast between mm. doing an Australian accent and having a panic attack because the others are doing Australian accents. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, it's Trash Future, that podcast right now. Riley, Milo, Nate, Hussein, Alice, we're all together. No guests, just the... Mm. Just also, the- one thing to bear in mind is that the Australian accent would only fit in if we if our studio was in Clapham Common. That is mm. deeply true. Indeed. This is, these are, these are the kinds. a huge snorting noise. <laughs> <laughs> but also somehow like doing yoga in the park outdoors. The eternal mm. contradiction of the Australian psyche in London. Yeah, just tossing a rugby ball while, while your like sh- blonde shoulder length hair plays about your uh, un shirted shoulders. Or you're wearing a V-cut t-shirt that basically goes down to your navel. Well, mm. That's an Australian thing. I don't know why they do it, but they do. You can it's, always recognize it. They always have like the most glowing skin. They're always doing out like outdoor activities. They're extremely healthy. They're walking dogs. They seem to have like unlimited money for some reason. And yet they also are constantly staying up until like 10 in the morning just doing cocaine. Mm. I don't Shops. understand how it well, yeah. I mean, apparently it's a lot harder to get cocaine in Australia because it's an island that's got extremely strong borders, not in a defensive borders way, but just they intercept shit. And so they come here and it's like, basically you can trip on your shoelaces and land in a pile of cocaine in London. And so they're like, all the cocaine's oh, on now, right? Brutal. <laughs> the only Australian accent you do is Aiden Jones. To be fair, I spent time in Queensland, which is Biogene Central. And so as a result, uh, I talk like if I want to do Australian accent, I can only imitate the voices I heard, which were all huge bogans. <laughs> mm. Uh, anyway. I, I love doing race science on Australians. I remember <laughs> when we used to have Australians on the jam. <laughs> they don't let you do that anymore. Anyway, uh, so I've got a startup here, and I haven't blanked out any of it because it's one of these so opaque ones that it doesn't need blanking. Mm. The mission of Weetonomy. <laughs> <laughs> it's about pissing. Yes, it is. This is an Omurashi <laughs> thing. Freedom to piss. <laughs> yes. The mission of Weetonomy is to radically improve the way people collaborate at work through a decentralized autonomous organization. Does anyone have any idea what the fuck that does? Is this basically like empowered Slack? Like it's just the same as Slack, but it's somehow like it's got live, laugh, love shit all over it? Sort of. This, it sounds a bit like a freaky sleeper cell thing, like where like, yeah, I, like, like ISIS have plants thing. in every big company who are like subtly working together. Uh-huh. You as have always. like an active service unit, none of them know the mm. other members. Yeah, and, exactly. As always, I feel this goes back to phrenology and various elaborate ways to do phrenology, in which case what this is is like a startup in which 
uh, they're trying to kind of collect everyone's human consciousness to develop mm-hmm. one kind of sentient AI being that will become racist within 10 tweets. <laughs> just um, building mm-hmm. a collective unconscious just to have it as a Slack channel. <laughs> I, th- I, I thought you were going to go on like an Eva riff, like it was the human no. instrumentality project, well, I mean, except for racism. Yeah, it is, no, it is trying to do that, but not for racism, Nate. You sort of had it very well. You had it very close with uh, your empowered Slack channel thing. Uh, I'll say the next thing. Human-centric capitalism on the blockchain. I feel like I got a press wow. release for this. This is like Matt Hancock talking in his sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, look at him. He's it, running. It, He's having a good dream. Is it like a libertarian wet dream thing where like, you know what the libertarians say, but oh, like real capitalism, has, real capitalism hasn't been tried yet because governments keep getting in the way regardless of how small they are. But if we just put humans, which is different from a government, on mm. a blockchain... Damn. Then capitalism will be good. Actually, Karl Marx famously said that Britain wasn't ready for capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like it's a, it's 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 some sort of like system in which fifteen people um, who get in through like a metallic membership card scheme can basically mm. do capitalism, whatever that means, and it'll be great because there won't be any governments. Yeah, Hussein again is kind of getting a little closer. Also, there's phrenology to it, but I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna imagine there. <laughs> I'm sure that we could incorporate phrenology into this. No, that's, so that's here's just the last Bioshock. Like you've just <laughs> invented Bioshock. Here's the last. And now I just think of like an angry vet response. Like I was in a metallic membership card membership scheme in Iraq. It was called a dog tag. So, <laughs> so here is the the last hint. Work with each other, not for each other. That's just what it says. It's a circle jerk. It's a literal circle jerk. <laughs> Again, Milo, you sort of are getting close. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. oh, lathe of heaven, no. <laughs> no. Okay, don't worry. No one comes because no one who's involved has ever come, I'm the, pretty the sure. The sulky biscuit of heaven. <laughs> the eternal biscuit. So here's, you know, I think that this is why I love these. These are my favorite startups. So you don't have to blank anything out, but you're still just no closer to any meaning mm. um, when, you're, uh, when, you're, when you're looking at it, right? So here's its how does it work section because you don't even know what it is for it to be working. It's just a complete mystery. Mm. So right now, people's investment of both capital on one hand and labor on the other in a project creates value. Okay. 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 Just stacking these Duplo boxes on top of each other. I mean, so, is, so is their whole business brief basically start with like the conception of the universe and works towards something? I mean, I just like, yeah, yeah. So, it's like capitalism is a series of exchanges in which like yeah. eight and so, a half billion years ago. In Wheatonomy, this value is considered identical, whether you're investing capital or investing labor and stored as something called high risk automated debt. <laughs> what? what? I feel like I, I feel like the the chapters of Das Kapital that talk about coats make more sense than this. <laughs> Did they just so, collateralize um, profit? Uh, they co- close. They collateralized labor. Oh, good. No one had ever thought so, of doing this before. So what you could essentially what they say is their high risk automated debt system. This is from them. Lays the basis mm-hmm. for a completely new way of running an organization. It goes beyond just the idea of balancing capital and labor and could open up a new level of organizational engagement. So what they're actually saying they're doing is um, they are going to allow workers to, instead of being compensated with stock, be compensated with debt. So 
You invest your labor into a company, and then you have loaned it a certain value that's uh, cashed out in HRAD tokens. Amazing. Um, I have no idea. These people were definitely on PCP when they came up with this. Like, this is incredible. (laughs) None of this makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, you you can't draw your wages because you'll put a, a run on your employer. Yes. Mm. So you you basically you work for free and your work is is nominally compensated with chits that represent dead labor. Correct. It's, it's fun bucks. It's monopoly money. <laughs> what if, what if it was all Disney money? Damn. So I think the idea here, right, is that if you're a small startup, you could have everyone invest a bunch of labor into the company mm. and then you wouldn't really need as much capital. And I'm sure that would just be, and they say that's going to make a much more egalitarian uh, uh, situation than a startup that has lots of capital. Because as we know, the people who aren't represented in the tech industry, i.e. everyone who's not a white dude from a decent, you know, upper middle class background, can definitely work for free Mm. for an unending period Mm. of time. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I mean, on on a macro scale, who looks at our current economic hellscape and decides, you know what this needs is more debt. Yeah. But also, here's the thing. Don't worry. This isn't company script. This is actually company script because there's no I in it. It Why is it on the blockchain? (laughs) I'll I'll explain that. It sort of just feels like it's unpaid internships, but but they're trying to avoid it being called an unpaid internship by saying, we'll pay you like Chuck E. Cheese money. (laughs) What if everyone was Mm. an unpaid intern? What if everyone's in the animatronic band? What then? (laughs) (laughs) So it's high risk because the income from the project is not assured and has to be earned later. It's automated because it's based on smart contracts on the blockchain that pay you back as you perform value-generating activities for the project as it generates money. Wait, so you can't and- negotiate the... What? Who who determines that? What's the arbiter of what's producing value? We'll get to that. The, the uh, debt machine says that you get paid theoretically this much in work futures. <laughs> this this mm. seems like a board game to make you like decide that capitalism is bad. Like, this is, like, like worst monopoly, like, like really unironic monopoly. So, mm. they say, through our platform, we give people the ability to collaborate, share profit, fund ideas, and reward contributions with a level of trust and automation that was impossible prior to blockchain technology. No one ever trusted anyone before this. No, they didn't. But let me ask this. What is the blockchain providing? Like, the blockchain allows you to register things and have them be, like, verifiable and constantly referencing one another in terms to verify that like the data that was entered is the same but how does that make it somehow neutral when a subjective assessment has to get made about what's contributing value oh oh, Mm. nate i'm glad you asked oh god every time my husband has an (laughs) erection it's registered on the blockchain which means i can tell if he's cheating on me with other women yeah uh the platform contains all the necessary structure blocks to build an organization For example, the members and groups components allow you to manage different permissions, thus establishing hierarchies in the organization. And by the power of the token flow, users can mint and burn tokens. (laughs) Token working title for the film Hustle and Flow. Token token flow is when I smoke weed and jack off to anime. Damn. (laughs) And by the power of the token flow, um, users can mint and burn tokens, essentially turning the organization into its own digital bank. Oh, Uh, well, who are they going to lend to? Other people who use the They're same workers, script? one another. Just tripping over various rakes as you like hit the different <laughs> kinds of like 
remaining hollowed out pieces of regulation. I just feel like if I'm going to go through a side quest this arcane and ornate, I want to get a golden chocobo at the end, all right? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck else I can expect. This is fucking insane. Yeah. You, 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 you know what magic simplifies beans. our business considerably is if we made it a financial authority? <laughs> we have developed our first terminal. Uh, and the terminal is how because people- These are just words! Yeah. They're just words that they're saying! <laughs> so, we have developed our first terminal, and the terminals are how users actually interact with the um, the operation. Not to You're be confused with the terminal, to... which is that film with Tom Hanks where he's stuck in an airport because this country no longer exists. It's a great film. Definitely it's please delete movie. Milo's track while he's chewing. No, don't delete it. Please delete it. Don't be a coward! Um, <laughs> we have developed our first terminal, the Achievement Terminal. Through it, members can brag- <laughs> Members this is can such brag. A, it's such a you can brag on the blockchain. RPG. This is like an MMO. No, this is, what, I, what I'm really being reminded of is this feels like what if your startup was Farmville? Not like you make <laughs> the game and sell it as Farmville, but like you live in Farmville. You know what it is? It's sort of like, okay, so I did this story a while ago about this company called like ACN. Um, and uh, I won't like say too much about them, but like ACN kind of had this internal structure because it was basically just like one of these... Um, like a direct selling scheme, right? Uh, so if you kind of got above a certain sales, they would be like, oh yeah, you're like now senior vice president. And that means you get invited to like um, the success room in Las Vegas. And it, like, it doesn't mean anything, right? Because like none of these guys are actually selling anything, but just getting more people involved. And that's how this like fucking economy is built. I reckon yeah. senior vice president is just another word for president. And that's what, and that's what Donald <laughs> Trump calls himself. Well, like, yeah. I'm actually senior vice president and I get to go to the special boys room in Vegas <laughs> at the Trump's hotel. <laughs> the thing with ACN though, is that at least they're being paid money, like actual mm. money. Mm. So this is like all the dumb stuff that you get from direct selling. But there's no money. It's just like everyone is just exchanging things that only they value. Yes. Just so, commemorative challenge coins. Like <laughs> memories with your boys. Through, through the achievement <laughs> Hugs terminal. And kisses. Through the achievement terminal, members of like a given company, so like each company is a blockchain ledger and et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. members can brag about the work they've done for the organization. It also allows their peers to reward the achiever with tokens, which can later be exchanged for cash. The rewards execute as transactions in the blockchain. So mm. if you they, throw enough balls through the holes, then you get tickets, and then those can be exchanged <laughs> for the big teddy bear. This is Chuck E. Cheese, isn't it? <laughs> I don't like. I, I'm genuinely like. Maybe I'm stupid, but I'm genuinely finding this hard to follow. It's like, Chuck E. Cheese was a bank as well for some it's reason. Like, Chuck, also, it's like, uh, also, it's what. What if Chuck E. Cheese was a bank, but also any startup? Sir Chuck E. Cheese sets the interest rates for Chuck E. Cheese tokens and the rates at which they can be invested in I know what loans. it is. It's an experience. It's one of these like experience economy things where it's like Chuck E. Cheese meets LinkedIn. Oh, wait, no, but that exists. That's Kidzania. That's the that's the fucking thing. It's like a, it's like a theme park in like West London where like it's like a microcosm of the economy and right. your kid can have a job yes, for yeah, a day. Yeah. I'm sorry? Have, has no one heard about this? Kidzania. No. Is Kidzania that not a is Muse like, song? They have it. <laughs> it's a Mars Volta song. Um, they have it in. They have it in Moscow too. It's like a thing. It's like a theme park where, like, uh, it's like a, it's almost like, it's like a cross between a soft play area and a theme park where, like, kids, like slightly older kids, like kind of older than five but younger than twelve, that kind of age range, yeah. they can go in there and they can like manage a store or work in a bigger store or like be a policeman, and it's like a microcosm of society. So and they saying, get paid wages, and it's like. So what you're saying is that the Epstein Island was built was going to be built on that. 
Yeah, imagine like a version of Monopoly that somehow is really vulnerable to pedophilia. <laughs> like, I, just, I, just, I just love the idea of you know your kid gets to be a cop for the day and he's like, when you come home from the experience, he's like, when I grow up, I'm going to criminalize poverty. <laughs> I mean, it, it. I do think that we should shelve this idea about kid zania because I'm pretty sure the country could be spared a lot of problems <laughs> if we just put like Marc Francois and Bill Cash and uh, like John Redwood and stuff just in charge of Kidzania and they can figure out how to run that. I've said this before and I've said it again. Bill Cash, what did you expect from a guy whose both of his names mean money? <laughs> like Your kid probably comes some- back from a day of being a cop with PTSD. Just doing <laughs> bumps of coke. Damn. Like, damn it. I hate it when my, my my 11-year-old comes home decked head to toe in Blue Lives Matter shit. In Australia, my, my, my 11-year-old comes home Australian? <laughs> it's um, Bad Lieutenant 3, Port of Call, Kidzania. Oh, yeah. Mm. So, um, back to back to this, this whole situation. Um, ahem. So, here's an example. Let's say our colleague Bob has been working and impl- on and implementing the membership and voting functionality in our app. Once he's done, he would announce on on the um, Weetonomy app uh, that the work has been completed. Oh boy, do I need to piss now! <laughs> and then I and the other comrades would give no. part of our token allowance as rewards to Bob for the good job he's done. No, the comrades. Yeah, because they're trying to move beyond capitalism on the blockchain, but without crucially disrupting any of its property or power relationships. So, you don't need to be paid by your boss, because you can be paid by the other people who the company. This is Liz Warren shit. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're, go- we're gonna do some socialism, but in the most backwards way possible. With an no, app, I think with it's unfair app. to say this is Liz Warren shit. This is Liz Truss shit. <laughs> yeah. Liz Warren, the, for the, all of her the, faults, would never come up with something this stupid. The political like- compass of, like, Liz Warren to Liz Truss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, so wait, is so the political guidance uh, compass of Liz Warren to Liz Truss is mm-hmm. is misguided is fundamentally misguided, but like effective and well intentioned to fundamentally misguided and also stupid and evil. Yeah, well, I think the real the real difference is that like Liz Truss would come up with something that's actually completely impossible, even assuming good faith. Whereas <laughs> Liz Warren would come up with something which like would work, assuming that everyone's just a nice guy who wants yeah, to help the- everyone out. Well, of course, CEOs will give a share of their profits to the workers if we just ask them nicely. The, the yeah. Liz Truss thing, it would have an extra twist on this that would just make it much worse. Like, oh, and all of this runs in like like a special pair of shoes that everyone gets mm. or something. Everyone is paid in pork. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can get you can get a token, but like you can and when you exchange it for money, if you get enough tokens, you can either exchange it for money or shock one of your colleagues. Brief glimpse behind the curtain here. While while we record, I'm typically doing stuff in uh, you know the recording program to like make sure that everyone's levels are mixed. And mm. normally with I, with no problem, I can do this and I can also listen in and participate in the conversation. But on this one, I'm completely fucking baffled. Like you'll ask me a question, be like, "Oh, Nate, that's just what you see. This is just like what you were talking about." I'm like, "What you just said makes no fucking sense to me." Like, I'm it's somewhere, but it's literally in my mind. It's somewhere between Monopoly and Farmville, but on the blockchain <laughs> somehow. And it's apparently passed enough muster that somebody was like, "This is a good idea, and I want to invest in it." Yes. And I don't know if that's a statement of how bottom of the fucking barrel, like VC is it, capital is at looking for investments, or if just like. Enough people are so goddamn goldfish brained about this stuff that all they have to do is just like fill out a bingo card of words they recognize. And mm. They're like, this deserves money. They're like, oh, I don't know. What if it was like an, an old timey like uh, carnival fair that comes to town, but also the financial crisis somehow? <laughs> yeah, sure. 100 million. Just, fuck it. Just yeah. Chuck E. Cheese operating a cold cause. 
<laughs> Sorry, this is the this is the Dave and Buster's kibbutz. <laughs> Uh, sorry, you can't. But please, I need some grain. No grain. We only accept fun bucks also, here. Also, just just mm-hmm. for deep lore about Chuck E. Cheese, because it did actually <laughs> set, celebrate some birthdays there as a small child. Chuck E. Cheese's legal name is Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> that, that makes more sense than anything I've just said. I That's mean, also my legal name, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> for tax reasons, I'm trying to get away from my ex-wife. You know, she she'll never track me down. Uh my and in in my in my town it was called Choo Choo Charlie's and it was functionally identical. It was it was Wait, uh, did you have a counterfeit Chuck E. Cheese or is that just the Canadian brand? A restaurant I designed to teach know. Canadian children how to chew. It has, it has Charlie. to be bilingual, so it's Chuck E. Cheese and then it's Charles du Fromage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. We're not getting better. <laughs> We're not getting better than that one. That's Weetonomy. Uh none of us get it. You don't mm. get it. I don't think the people who came up with it get it. No, but, they, but they're like, all winning some fun things at the Coconut Shy. Yeah, um, it feels like being like thrown around the gears in that one Charlie Chaplin movie. I don't understand it. Mm. We're, we're just tossed on this. It just current. sounds like some, it sounds like the next project that the guy who did the Fire Festival would come up with. What Ja Rule? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Who said? I think Hussein's got it. Uh, no, Ja Ja Rule. Ja Rule is like trying to distance himself from it. He's just like, yeah, I was just like, you know, a silent partner. Yeah, he's like, um, yeah. They gave me this big teddy bear, and then I didn't ask any more questions. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying that the person who came up with Weetonomy did it from prison, but I would be unsurprised if it was the case. So, <laughs> I'm now going to grab the gear shift and uh, yank us into another jarring change in tone. Not how driving works. But um, okay. <laughs> whatever. Shut up. Riley's never driven, so he doesn't I know drive. what a gear shift does. I drove. I drove in Canada. <laughs> Driven in Canada. I have a, I have a car special... in Canada. You won't know. Because... <laughs> <laughs> she goes to a different school. <laughs> the cars Honest. in Canada, they're very different because the gear shifts is in two languages. It gets very confusing. They have to have the French gears as well as the English gears. Multi- There's nine gears on every car. You literally do have to put it in H. <laughs> Multi- multicultural. Like <laughs> There's like a gear called Ennui. You can shift the car and he shift it. The car starts smoking. Yet again, yet again, oh. multiculturalism claims more lives through what traffic accidents. What province was this car made in? It no uh, longer exists. It, uh, it no longer exists. Okay, yeah. so here's um, here's some more depressing shit that happened recently. Um, Amazon keeps fucking killing people, and um, this is especially strange because I was watching Bake Off recently. And, like, an ad came up where... <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Bake Off, a show that re- very rarely kills mm. people. Yes. Yeah. I- I'm sure Bake Off probably it has... kills a- my soul, yeah. but not people. I-, I don't know. Me and... I-, I I like watching it with my girlfriend. Are you it's becoming nice. normal? No, shut up. <laughs> it's worrying. I- that's the thing normal people can do. You have to be normal to watch The Great British Bake Off. She likes mm. it. Yeah. No, she's normal, sure, but... Y- are you becoming normal? Yeah, you- we're starting to ne- cure your online poisoning. This is I will not never betray. I will never betray the my co-hosts and listeners. I will never get regular. No, only a few months until you start asking yourself what a Harry Potter house you would belong to. I will shit once a month based on a lunar calendar. <laughs> so, but during this this ad on Bake Off, I saw that like Amazon is now doing a full press of um of publicity. To suggest to people that we're fine, we're not abusing workers, we're not killing anyone, 
it's cool, and then it ends with an offer that you can take an Amazon guided tour of an Amazon warehouse if you have any concerns that Amazon's <laughs> killing people. Amazon Willy Wonka, <laughs> come and take a tour. <laughs> Just inspecting all the happy workers and like, but this man's made of cardboard. I mean, to be Push fair, to be, to be fair, Jeff Bezos does not have enough money to build mm. a Potemkin fulfillment center. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these Oompa Loompas have Romanian accents. Um, I also, I love the whole like, damn, my I'm not I'm not abusing and killing my workers. T-shirt is raising a lot of questions already answered by my yeah. shirt. My we treat our workers well. It's it's a, like you could just go on one of those tours, and then there would just be a door marked "horrible staff abuses" and like. You know, work injury, injury, work-related injury hospital or whatever. Mm. But there wouldn't even be that. It would just be no. sort of just out of view the whole. Like, yeah, oh, that's I, just the paper closet. Don't worry about when, that. When you're allowed to piss without getting a pat down at the Amazon fulfillment center, they call that badge weetonomy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love the team like, for a presentation and just get like a single slide and like blinding light that just says there is nothing to see here. <laughs> mm. Everything so, is what, fine. I, what happened is in late September, uh, Billy Foister, a 48-year-old Amazon warehouse worker, died on the job after a heart attack at work. According to his brother, uh, an Amazon human resource representative informed him at the hospital that Billy had been on the floor for 20 minutes before receiving treatment from Amazon's internal safety responders. Jesus. When have we heard this before? Well, I remember the one about the in the episode I think where we were talking about the the stupid like fake video games they make people people play yeah. against their teams. You brought up the detail that somebody had died and had been their body had been left on the floor. Yeah, I remember uh, that. You know, in view of Just their propped up like weekend yeah. at Bernie mm -hmm. style. Yeah, they, they, yeah. And basically, people take gaming very seriously on the floor of the Amazon warehouse. I mean, just in the sense that. This happens, and their response tends to be, "Do not stop work. Work picking is more important. Keep at it." And I, 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 I believe you're going to reveal this detail later, Riley. But apparently, this guy had visited the nurse on site complaining of chest pains, and they were like, "Nope, back to the dick sucking factory yep, with you." That's exactly true. And then he died. And uh, once again, this is—I mean, for a company that it's cheaper for them, or they've decided it's cheaper for them to station ambulances outside their unair conditioned. Fulfillment centers in you know the deep south in America or like the middle south. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that they would wind up leaving, you know, letting people die and just you know being like, oh well, uh, you know, the prime doctor hasn't arrived yet to give this guy fucking CPR, so might as well not do anything. So that's I mean, exactly speaking right. Of, speaking of ambulances, you said Amazon's safety responders, like their first aid people. Yeah, they they have first aid people in each warehouse as part of their quote unquote commitment to us to um, associate safety. It imagining them like, like a little blue that... flashing light on top of their head. <laughs> it seems <laughs> like that's something that they do in this case. That like instead of say calling nine one one. Well, I think it's that it is the warehouses are so large that like it would take nine one one a very long time to get there. And they might more than 20 minutes. Yeah. So mm, back right. to this article, it says after the incident, and this is the, the Foister's brother continuing, everyone was forced to go back to work. No time to decompress, basically watch a man pass away and then get told to go back to work and everyone has to act like it's just fine. Sorry, this was another Amazon worker on the shift rather, not the brother. Mm. Um, and I guess I choose here to note um, all that in mind. Uh, a picture that Alice sent me, mm -hmm. which is the motto written over top of the armed gate of this giant warehouse where you're under a very tight control and people are worked to death all the time. Yeah, you got to be careful with putting foreboding slogans above, like, uh, really mm. ominous gates architecturally, so, and they just says, knock this one out of the park. On, on yeah. the gate, it says, work hard, have fun, 
make history. Be yourself and have fun with it. The Amazon motto. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like you could you could not if you are going to be a company that has decided it wants to work people to mm. death mm-hmm. and then just force people to work around dead bodies. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Arbeit macht awesome is really the thing you should be putting over top of your gate. However, just- as always, there is one cultural reference point for everything, and in this case, it's the Mitchell and Webb sketch about the SS officers going, are we the baddies? <laughs> just because if you notice that we have a skull and crossbones on our hats, no, it no, seems it's, bad. It's, it's the opposite of that. It's adding insult to injury. Because, like, being worked to death by the people with the skull hats is at least consistent in branding. Being worked to death by the people who just want you to be yourself and have fun with it. That's yeah, because- I think that's. I think it's like a chilling enough motto, though. It's got a very. It does have that very Arbite marked fry kind of overtone, even though it's a bit more like kooky. I mean, yeah. I was I was going to say that like the only thing that this reminds me of is like another type of work sent work center. Uh, which uh, align the idea that like work is linked to like your self value and self worth, and yeah. I don't think that in that facility, um, uh, things kind of ended particularly well. Mm. They don't have any free flavored water. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, like b- before we go too far away from this, I mean, I know that it's probably quite touchy, a touchy area to like compare this to a concentration camp, and obviously, no, but- like. We're not actually, we're not doing no, that, but like, they're, obviously. They're, they are the ones who put the slogan about yeah. working yeah. hard over the, like, barred gates. And, yeah, yeah, where, where just, are their optics team yes. with that one? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously well, where, it doesn't compare, Where are their compare, first aid yeah. team is perhaps a better question, but yes, well, the yes. optics team is also an important thing here. Because I think also, just in a, in a more general, aside from this particularly horrific example, but just in general, putting up a slogan about how fun your workplace is is usually a sign that it's not a fun workplace. Like whenever Don't I go into someone, you're here forever. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like whenever I go into someone's house and they have a like a live, laugh, love sign up, yeah. I'm like, this oh, person has a miserable clock. life. Yeah. Like I'm always like, that is like a sign you put up to distract yourself from how awful your life is, not because you're having such a wonderful time that you need to commemorate it with a fucking sign you bought in TK Maxx. I think more importantly, though, like. Um, these types of phrases. Um, there's like one that comes to my head, which was the uh, motto from my school, which was "Ora et labora," which is work, pray and work, or work. Yeah, it's work, pray and work, right? It's biblical, and well. it kind of comes from like this. I guess like this kind of like the Calvinist idea that like work is um, like your kind of like redemption, or the way that like God is going to save you is through like your work. So you have to mm. work in order to kind of get your salvation. Um, and I just find it when I was re- when I saw that like motto on top, it was just it kind of brought back a lot of things about going to like um, uh, uh, like Catholic school. Um, but I guess it's also it, you know this is kind of what Amazon is trying to do, right? It's sort of the thing of well, if you can survive a day, if you can survive working at the Amazon factory, then you're like an exceptional person. So like making history yeah. in this case isn't like doing something exceptional to like help the world. It's like literally, oh, you actually survived. Congratulations. Like the situation Jeff Bezos (laughs) and Tino. All your losses was lessened. Here's here's a golden Chuck E. Cheese token. (laughs) I love the idea, like, make history by having your name recorded in history books as the person who died working at Amazon. Like, because it's basically it. We get into that. Like, I I, I found some marks that is relevant for this. And uh, a woman whose name is, in fact, recorded in the history books for exactly this. So I'll, um, I'll carry on here and we'll 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 end this bit with the marks. Amazon denied that Billy Foister actually died at the warehouse and said he was treated within minutes. Technically, they said the How many of the employees minutes? didn't 
Technically, they said, the passing of the employee did not occur at the facility. Yeah, technically, he didn't, like, have total electrical brain death until- Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, sorry, Alice, are you doing grievance studies right now? He didn't die at the facility. How can you say that Amazon killed him? That's just science, right? Like- It's an extremely good sign when someone's like, your company killed this person. You're like, well, technically. Yeah, we got (laughs) over the threshold before he died. Mm. I think you'll find they were actually killed by the hospital. There's There's a lot more here. The employee experienced a personal medical issue, in parentheses, heart attack. Personal medical They issue. took personal time to yeah. have a medical issue. <laughs> he, for personal reasons, you know what? He was having a tough day. You know, we all have our own personal things that we bring to work, and uh, and his thing was that he wanted to have a heart attack that day, and yeah, so, we support that. Several trained team members uh, uh, responded and administered CPR until local emergency responders arrived within minutes and took over. The employee was then transported to a local hospital for further treatment, where he was later pronounced deceased. So, but the, I don't understand. You need a doctor to pronounce someone dead, and they yeah. clearly don't have one in the warehouse. So that's really like that's where you're gating. Well, he didn't die until the doctor said he died, and we don't have a doctor here, so we're mm. we're fine. Like nothing yeah. to see here. But yeah, also, they, the they, thing about it is, Riley, I point this out too, is that like if they have trained people on site, you know, and it took, if the guy literally lie, lay on the floor for 20 minutes before anyone treated him, it's like, surely if it's a facility that big and they have enough to have a medical team, they should have a defibrillator. Yeah, they do. I was summarizing. That's still so, though, it, like, it, do you know how exhausting CPR is to do chest compression for 20 minutes? Like, I, mm. I wasn't sure if he, Riley, maybe you can answer so this I, question. I was summarizing. They Did were, he lie on the floor for 20 minutes before they, they got to him? Is that what his his family is saying, or was it that he just wasn't removed from the site for twenty minutes? But 20, the- twenty minutes on the floor before receiving any attention. Jesus, Jesus. fucking Christ! That, that's he could have de- survived. That, no, that's a dead person right there. Like that's. Yeah, I don't think I, I'm pretty sure that. Uh, I don't think I think Amazon's probably lying when they say he was yeah, he was probably. only officially when, dead. When at they the say hospital. he's only officially that's like a breathing meat. By that point, you can't also, also, like what the hell are like the Amazon managers up to at this point? They're like, oh, look at this guy lying on the floor. What a wild card. <laughs> yeah, get up, get up, you silly, silly bastard. Well, Come no, on, there's work to be done. So what they do is they is if you go, if you go and complain to an Amazon sort of uh, official, not official, like a medical person, whatever, what they do is they'll do what they did to this guy, which is like give you a drink, tell you you're dehydrated and tell you to get back to work immediately because what I think we have to understand about this is that the totally administered and totally surveilled workplace is a place that will just get better and better and better at killing the people working at it. But also something I point out here too is we can't be sure, but if Amazon's denial here says he was treated within minutes, that doesn't necessarily contradict the the idea of he lay on the floor for 20 minutes before receiving attention. I mean, yeah. Amazon could just like nitpick it and say, well, technically 20 minutes is still within minutes. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a number of minutes. Yeah. Although mm. responding to a cardiac event like that, if someone had responded within, say, three minutes or within five minutes, it's possible they could have saved him. If no one responded mm. within 20 minutes after him having a heart attack, like Alice said, like your heart's not fucking pumping blood anymore. Like your, your, your brain's going to die. Yeah, but on the contrary... Um, what if someone got a giant um, Prosecco glass that says Prosecco on it in gold letters? Mm. <laughs> yeah, what if, what we, they- we have to have mm. our treats. Um, also, Nate, I think you should work for the Amazon PR department because cardiac event is a very good turn of phrase that they should be using. You know, he was simply experiencing a cardiac event. We all love events <laughs> like bar mitzvahs, cardiac, all the kind of events that people experience. <laughs> 
I mean, I was I was trying to generalize, but yes, I suppose maybe I have yeah. found my calling. Because they also said Fuck he was socialism. I'm going to go yeah. spin for Amazon. He was pronounced <laughs> deceased. Is also a great line. Like no one has ever said he was pronounced deceased. Who wasn't like in a desperate PR effort to make it sound like someone wasn't dead. Like, like yeah. doctors very much say pronounced dead. So, yeah. the, the, the the Amazon like in-house nurse or clinic or whatever told him he was dehydrated and then told him to get back to work. Uh, they gave him a rehydration sh- rehydration sachet first. To be fair, to be okay. fair to them, oh, okay, they fine. did the minimum. Yeah. And then going mm. going back to work is a famously very effective treatment for dehydration. Um, Listen, you got to get right back in there. You fall off the horse, you got to get right back on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's like riding a bicycle. If you don't have that like forward motion, then you like yeah. Because like if any if we don't keep you know allowing larger and larger numbers of people to die on the job at Amazon warehouses, then Jeff Bezos might not be able to build space stations to put the heavy industry in mm. to turn the world into a university campus. Exactly. But also, I remind you that all of this, all of these worker deaths at Amazon, they happen in the U.S. Mm. They happen in the U.S. specifically because the United States has dog shit labor protections, and so to make give this a U.K. context. What the Conservative Party and like moronic, useful, useful idiot MPs like Lisa Nandy, unless she's changed her mind, which I think she may have, I'm not sure, um, continue to like vote to take us out of the customs union. They're voting to let Amazon kill British workers too. Mm. Actually, also, if I could, if I could go off for a moment here um, about the fucking Robert Colville thread that we all read the other day on Twitter, where he was like, "People are making a lot of noise about this Brexit deal, but it's not as bad as they think." I mean, just because this deal, in theory, would allow the Conservatives to strip back Labour protections, that doesn't mean that they would. I mean, why would they do that? It would be unpopular. They like winning elections. It's like, as, okay, yeah. first of all, Boris Johnson has never won an election in like as Prime Minister, and second of all, like, yes, they would do that. It's what they've done every single time they've had the opportunity to do it in the history of the Conservative Party. Was this man asleep during the last 40 years of British history? Are these people completely insane? They're like, oh no, the Conservatives would never strip back Labour protections. That would be unpopular. First of all, yes, they fucking would. And second of all, it wouldn't even be unpopular. Their voters love it. They're like, yes, joke me, daddy. I want to be like the Americans. I love America. They have big cars. I want to, yeah. Fuck me! Fuck me harder! I love it! Did you see Lenny and Carl? There's one for your bingo cards, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny and just, Carl just cross did it off. Most, Go get yourself some tea. The yeah. most Lib Dem implementation <laughs> of this in just, the comments today, uh, which was, um, I would advise the Labour uh, backbenchers that the Conservatives don't care about Labour protections because I was Labour Relations Minister in the Coalition and I helped them do it. Yeah, so incredible. To, to revise my last statement, the Conservatives, as well as Lenny and Carl, desperately want to make more British businesses more like Amazon is in the States, which I have to reiterate, routinely kills people and then makes other, other people work around their bodies. I'm just loving how the Lib Dems suffer from like the Cassandra curse in the most Lib Dem possible way, which is that they're cursed to be right, but in the worst possible way. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Alice, I'll throw over to you uh, after this one thing, which is that uh, the Am- the Amazon's final response, their final PR response. As a company, we work hard to provide a safe, quality working environment for the 250,000 hourly employees across Amazon's U.S. facilities. That's right. They employ a quarter million people in the U.S. hourly. That's their hourly workforce. 
Like a, a, a non-trivial percentage of the American population is an hourly warehouse employee for Amazon. Safety, they go on, is a fundamental principle across our company, is an inherent in our facility infrastructure design and operations. And what really infuriates me about this is that every single person reading that just knows it's horseshit. And they know it's horseshit. And everyone working there knows it's horseshit. It just, it's just very frustrating that you just... You, you, you know they're lying, and you can't do anything about it. Except, of course, for you know, enacting a socialist government that would basically ruin Jeff Bezos' life by making him like, live like a but normal all, working person. It's also kind of gone to show how powerful Amazon is in like, particular areas, especially like, in particular areas of the states where like, you haven't really got... So like, in, you know, uh, there was like, an article in the New York Times a couple of months ago, I think, which was kind of about these kind of American towns, which were almost like entirely reliant on Amazon because there was like just a lack of, you know, there was like shutdown malls and, you know, a lack of like places where you could go or like, you know, so if you wanted to go shopping, if you wanted to get mm. stuff, you would be reliant on Amazon. And then the kind of flip side to that is that, you know, these are also places where the economy like hasn't really recovered since 2008. So like, mm. where are the places that, you know, the new kind of working class go? They go to Amazon. So, like, yeah. you know, working in the Amazon fulfillment center mm. is essentially like what feeling kind fulfilled. Of, well, it's essentially like a the blue, you know, blue collar job, right? Yeah. Like of well, two thousand nineteen. But we don't, but we don't, t- we don't talk about it or like the mm. way that at least like political speak. Even if you look at like the dem, like the democratic debates that have happened recently, like the way that they talk about working class, like blue collar voters, if you want to like whatever you want to call them, doesn't really refer to that. I guess no, yeah. it's it's working in the racism mind. It's um. Well, like, I think it's telling that the other thing that, like, American small towns most, in a way that most gets written about, get beholden to a single big employer is prisons. Um, and they'll, you know, mm. bid for that and that'll be, a, 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 like, a, a, it'll become, like, a company town. <clears throat> well, fortunately, no one ever dies in prison, so that's fine. Well, I mean, if we want to go back then to the, to the whole concentration camp thing, where, what are other towns across the U.S. southern border getting private contracts to build? Mm-hmm. Migrant concentration camps. Migrant fulfillment centers. Any fucking day now. I, mm. I wanted to point something out to Hussein's point about Amazon wielding an outsized amount of power with regard to where it places these locations, its, 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 its um, fulfillment centers, and also its corporate headquarters. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but there's uh, before Bernie Sanders and before the, the 2015-2016 primary, um, one of the, the biggest names in terms of like an actual socialist politician in America is a city councilwoman from Seattle named Kashama Sawant. And I don't know if you know this, but she's been very aggressive with things like pushing for Seattle's minimum wage to hit $15 an hour and things along those lines. She she has been a, a an absolute like a leftist politician who is anti- you know, cozying up to business. Amazon has spent like something along the lines of three or five hundred thousand dollars in attack mailers trying to get a primary challenger to her, a city councilwoman. Like because anybody who who basically makes them look bad once they're established somewhere, they're going to mm. try to run the city. I mean, I don't know if you heard the story that uh, Amazon got Seattle to repeal a law that basically was was meant to combat homelessness that was going to tax um tech companies that had either i think it was either a certain amount of employees or a certain amount of um of turnover every year and it was just like they're like no we just refuse to pay this tax we're going to find a way to strong arm fucking washington state to to, to to cancel this and so it's just like 
the, the thing that you deal with is once these things are established, when you have that big of a workforce, when you have like, you know, that much kind of leverage over both a local working population and over their government, they can basically do whatever they want. And that's why, like, for example, the fact that they managed to, k- to keep them from setting up shop in New York City is great. Because New York City has fucking horrible problems already with dark money and like terrible housing problems and things along those lines. The last thing they need is something like Amazon fucking things up more. Um, so if, if we think about this, right, that nationalism and economic exploitation have essentially just cheapened human life to the point where it's now commonplace that workers die, that if you're a refugee, you just get jailed just for the crime of being a refugee. If you're a, pri- if you're a prisoner, if you're not like wealthy and white, you just get put in jail awaiting trial often for years. Mm. Um, and even the wealthy and white bone ones suddenly have hyoid bone deficiencies. <laughs> you know. Right, but where human life has got, seems very cheap right now, and it seems, I think, cheaper than it has earlier. And I think partly that's because nationalism and just wealth in general mm. are diseases. It, it, being wealthy makes you sick as Jeff Bezos is just, I think, an ill person in as much as he is just gleefully murdering everybody that he, you know, has to in order to, I don't know what, build, build a well, house on the moon. Well, as Cheryl Cole once said in a seminal track, Fight for This Love, too much of anything can make you sick. So I want to I now throw over to Alice, who has maybe something, a little reading from a certain Mr. Marx that might suggest yeah, that this a, is not such a new tendency. A, a Carol Marcus? So this is uh, from chapter 10 of Capital, if you want to follow along at home. And I'd like to like- Follow along in your trash future reading notes. (laughs) In your trash future branded- uh, Turn to your handouts. Um, In the last week of June, 1863, the London Daily Papers published a paragraph with the sensational heading, Death from Simple Overwork. It dealt with the death of the milliner, Mary Ann Walkley, 20 years of age, employed in a highly respectable dressmaking establishment, exploited by a lady with the pleasant name of Elise. The old, often-told story was once more recounted. This girl worked, on an average, 16 and a half hours, during the season often 30 hours, without a break, whilst her failing labour power was revived by occasional supplies of sherry, port or coffee. It was just now the height of the season. It was necessary to conjure up in the twinkling of an eye the gorgeous dresses for the noble ladies bidden to the ball in honour of the newly imported Princess of Wales. Marianne Walkley had worked, without intermission, for 26 and one-half hours, with 60 other girls, 30 in one room, that only afforded one-third of the air required for them. At night, they slept in pairs in one of the stifling holes into which the bedroom was divided by partitions of board and this was one of the best millinery establishments in London. Mary Ann Walkley fell ill on the Friday, died on the Sunday, without, to the astonishment of Madame Elise, having previously completed the work in hand. The doctor, Mr. Keyes, called too late to the deathbed, duly bore witness before the coroner's jury that Mary Ann Walkley had died from long hours of work in an overcrowded workroom and a too small and badly ventilated bedroom. In order to give the doctor a lesson in good manners, the coroner's jury thereupon brought in a verdict that the deceased had died of apoplexy, a cardiac event, if you like, but there was reason to fear that mm. her death had been accelerated by overwork in an overcrowded workroom, etc. 
Well, there's your problem right there. I remember when we used to make our own Princess of Wales, and now they bring them all over from China and the like. <laughs> we used to work in the Princess of Wales Just mine. Just the, mo- the most <laughs> vulgar possible reading of Marx, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think, like... <sighs> This guy died being robbed, right? Like, not being robbed in, like, an honest knockout game mugging sort of way, but, (laughs) like, systematically being robbed of his labor power and then robbed of his rest and then robbed of his health and then when he dies he gets robbed of his dignity. And we all Mm. know who the people stealing those things are because they have enormous shiny heads and they talk about wanting to colonize Mars. Oh, the Hamburglar, yes. Yes. and, and they and they advertise on front of the place where they go in to do this to you that you love it. Yes, you love and, it when and, this happens. And, 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 and none of those people will ever face any consequences other than what we choose to organize to make them. Mm. I think there is a positive note here, though, which is that you know one day Amazon will cease to exist because the Chinese will take over and we'll all be working in the Wish dot com fulfillment center. You know, putting into boxes little uh, toenail straighteners and cat balaclavas yeah, and things. It'll be an AliExpress. Yeah, uh, and things that are so center. perplexing to the human mind that you you can't die while packing them because you're too confused. Yeah, you know what happens <laughs> is like, like, why would anyone need a sort of a bright green sock that's in the shape of Michelangelo's David? No one really at, knows. Um, at, at, at Amazon, you lose you lose hit points. Uh, at Wish.com, you lose sanity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Wish.com is like the Dadaist Amazon. But I mean, look, that's you don't need to be a genius to see all of um, history repeating itself. No, you, uh, you don't. In you, that. Just, you just need to be angry, and like, I, yeah. I, I feel like that kind of honest disgust is absolutely warranted and necessary. Mm. Yeah. So never, never let anyone try to tone police you when you're when you're talking about the fact no, that, especially they have like the people who will tell you about how you know Amazon creates jobs or whatever. Those people have their hands in your pocket, right? And you don't have to listen to them. Um. Although maybe we'll all just be proven wrong when we go on a nice Amazon facility tour and they show us all the happy apple cheek workers who are waving at us, none of whom are currently experiencing cardiac yeah. events, even yeah. though, hey, it's this weird. It seems that there are no boxes going through this fulfillment center or that one conveyor belt with boxes just leads out, loops back in and just comes around and it's just the same yeah. boxes over and over tra- again. Tra- oh, that's tra- weird. Tra- so they're all on the blockchain. <laughs> the animatronic Chuck E. Cheese Amazon warehouse. <laughs> it's all coming together. Um, right. So I that was that was very. I don't know. I find that very difficult to talk about because it makes me it it makes me feel very very angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, I it of, makes me say things that then Nate has to edit out because they're incitement to commit <laughs> revolutionary violence and things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, look. Mm. Honestly, just. You know what the difference is between the Victorian labor conditions and the labor conditions that sort of began to go away in the 1990s, but that we had for some of the fir- the most of the 20th century? Jaunty the, top hats. Starts with the jaunty, to- jaunty top hats, and the Victorians didn't have a sign to piss down your back and tell you it was raining. Mm. Um, yeah, it starts with a U and ends with an N. It's a union. Join a union. If you have a union, your boss can't fuck with you like this and eventually murder you with work. Anyway, I want to. I want us to end on a slightly lighter note, mm, so we um, so we don't totally note. black pill everyone. No, to be fair, no, this isn't black pilling. This is union pilling. That's true. Mm. It's, it, it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a wobbly pill. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, we're be, we're leveler pilling everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to end on a little light note because 
music history has been made. I believe this might be the first album that has just been released. It is called The Hustle, a shining disco symphony for the dark days of Brexit by Rodri Marsden and has been it's one of the top selling albums on the Apple Store and it's being heavily pushed on the show Romaniacs, the show where they're maniacal about Remain. Oh, the yeah, show yeah. we like. Yes, the show we love, Romaniacs. The, the Remain offshoot of the Animaniacs uh, in <laughs> time group. for the Romaniacs. And we're liberal to the max. Yeah, where when, they, when they you, climb out of the big water tower with the EU logo on it. When you said that they were the uh, like wing of that, I just pictured like the armed wing of the Lib Dems. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're the, the provisional Lib Dems. <laughs> they're, 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 no, they're they're the posting Lib Dems. Hmm. Um, hmm. I prefer to think of them as the political wing of the Animaniacs. There's also the real Lib Dems, the continuity Lib Dems. Due to legislation, hmm. Joe Swinson is read by an actor. <laughs> um, so it is uh, the same so Irish accent they did for yeah. Jerry Adams. Yeah. <laughs> so this um, here is this this album, uh, and it's described by Rodri Marsden, who's like a big musician and music writer and stuff. Who's a really cool guy, more than anything else. Yeah, well, he's like a he's like a cool guy, but he's a Gen X cool guy. He's sort of mm. I think with Rodri Marsden, I think a lot of the culture just sort of kept going, and he thought that his uh, you know, 1980s, mm. 90s, grungy nihilism yeah. was something that would, but vague that's, liberalism as well. That's actually the most disco thing in here, is having history just wash yeah. over yeah. you for a period of about 20 years. Yeah, mm. So, uh, he says, it is basically a sarcastic eulogy for our collective sanity. Oh, that'll show. It was a sarcasm. I listened to this album yesterday while I was like at the gym. and It's a bomb. Um, I mean, besides like getting Jack to like the uh, oh, what was one of the songs that was called? Okay, like, I've got the track list here. Yeah, they rejected the fucking timetable in Parliament. Uh, it went. I 30- told you, bro. I told you this would happen. Three twenty-two to three oh eight. Wait, that's the that's what we wanted. That's what we wanted. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I have a yeah. I have a friend who is actually like properly well informed about this who was worrying for weeks and be like, well, maybe he'll get it through. And I just said, I, I just said brackets confidently, no. And I was right. So I'm always right. Yeah. And they um, were, pre- they were predicting mm. like, like a margin of victory of maybe three. So that to have it go, let me look at those numbers again. 322 to 308 is way better than we originally <laughs> I mean, thought. I, so you know what? He just so, keeps so, stepping yeah, on dick Boris Johnson. History, Fuck you. History has vindicated me specifically. And yeah. also, it's tremendously fun that now every three weeks or so, politics just depends on uh, cyberbullying the labor right until they do the right thing. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Red Guard mm. posting division. Calling yes. them a cog until they, yes. until they vote down the Brexit deal. Posts uh-huh. actually matter now. I'm, this is heaven for me. Yes, poster politics, finally! <laughs> but on, on, the other, on the other hand, there is just this part of me that thinks it would have been so perfect for all the people who claimed to hate Jeremy Corbyn for all this time because they were like, no, we're more anti-Brexit than he is to like somehow protest Corbyn by doing Brexit in this like weird <laughs> kind of like do- eight-dimensional chess. That makes as much like- sense as the sarcastic disco album. Well, that's the thing. He's like, it's a eulogy for our collective sanity, but it's like, this is the most insane thing you could have done. This yeah. is what an insane person would do: is do a disco album about how dumb their political opponents well, are. They should have the- done a new. They should have done like a new metal one instead. That would have been so that much cooler. Been- that, that, that would have been cool with the rapper from Evanescence, the only good rapper. <laughs> well, because that's the that's one of the several problems with um this uh this album, which is by a, a supergroup called Article Fifty Four. 
here's the one of the things. What actually is Article 54 in the EU Constitution? Can we uh, find out? <laughs> um, yeah. Hold on. Yeah, hang on. Uh, there even is one. Like, maybe it just goes to 50. Article 50 is the last one. That, like, is anyone going to read this far? <laughs> no one will do this. Mm. Uh, Article uh, 54, be yourself and have fun with it. Companies or firms formed in accordance with the law of a member state and having their registered office, central administration, or principal place of their business within the union shall, for the purposes of this chapter, be treated in the same way as natural persons who are nationals of member state. It's corporate personhood. So, yeah, it's amazing. Co- it's, oh, it's an extremely people. It's corporate personhood, but also it is the, it's the article that allows companies to headquarter in Ireland and pay yes. no tax. So that, that's wow. what they accidentally named their supergroup after. That's- it's one of the mm. worst things the EU does. <laughs> that's the old, that's the, that, they, that they're owns. involved in parody. They just don't know it's parody of themselves. That's incredible. Damn. So, Le Joker. <laughs> here's the way <laughs> They're Jacob Wall, but for the Lib Dems. So here's the thing, right? Th- this album, like, musically is pretty good. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a little bit, yeah. it's a little bit anodyne, but it's, it's well done. I was expecting it to be a lot shittier than it actually is, and mm. if it weren't for all of, like, the I mean, I, I consider myself a pretty big disco fan, and I would just say that if it were not for the stupid news clips and the lyrics just being utter shit, in terms of just music in general, it's it's quite good. It's quite polished, and like it's, not, it's definitely yeah. made also, by people who appreciate disco. Also, it's not shit quite lyrics EU is not a disco like uh, is not new mm. to disco. Well, because here's the difference, right, between this and EU Supergirl, and we'll go into this. Uh, for Americans listening, uh, EU Supergirl is someone who just made it her job to go on permanent vacation around Europe after the result of the referendum, and she just wears a blue top hat and like plays guitars about how much she likes the European Union. Yeah, it sounds like a porn genre, but it isn't. I would say, yeah. if you want to know who EU Supergirl is, make sure you're having a really good day before you Google her, because <laughs> mm. it's going to set you back a little bit. So, so like, that, but Wait, because but I'm gonna what she does is she sings. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Um, so what they, what she does is she sings songs about how the EU is good. Boring, but like at least it sort of makes sense. You can tell what she's doing. Whereas the hustle, um, what they what it does is its its songs are entitled "Piece of Cake," "Freedom of Movement," "Let's Go WTO," "Backstop." Damn. Canada Plus. Hitting this backstop. Alternative arrangements, no deal, and hard is better. Um, <laughs> and it just, it just samples news clips. Come on. Mm. Yeah. It's, so, it, it, it's, you know what it is? It's led by donkeys in musical form. Boosting <laughs> yeah, the, uh, like, the actual, like, doing Brexit propaganda by accident. As sarcastic. So, here's, here is, uh, here is, um, here's a perfect example, right? Um, Across uh, on one of these again, good songs. Let's go WTO. Good musically. Um, they actually just play a clip of James O'Brien saying on LBC, "But who elected the people who run the WTO?" And then uh, the song cuts in, "Come and join us on Skid Row when we go WTO. They're gonna love us in Moscow. Yeah, when we go WTO." <sighs> Damn, I think you have to pronounce it Moscow for it to work. <laughs> well, because yeah, I'm not British. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they're gonna love us in Moscow. You have to do British face. Yeah, when we do, when we go, like, what? You have to paint and, loads of like pate ham yeah, onto your face. Red and puffy. <clears throat> uh, yeah, they're gonna <clears throat> love us in Moscow when we go WTO or this song, piece of cake. It's gonna be a piece of cake. You're saying it's a big mistake, but we can assure you that the news is fake. This is basically if your dad made a Boney M album. Yeah. So <clears throat> what actually happened? And this is where we can see what we can actually see. What Russia's the greatest compromise machine. <laughs> <laughs> we can see where the switch went off in Marsden's head, right? 
where he says he describes his own project as fairly ambitious and ridiculous, right? Like, mm. he does know that this is kind of silly. but He's, he's building it as an affront to God. Yeah. We understand, yes. Quite, so he was a Q&A here. He was interviewed. I do research for this. I have a lot of Qs, Question. but I think there are no As. What gave you the idea to make a disco album about Brexit? Party down while the world burns? Answer. I think I reached the stage where the only thing that could stop me watching the news all the time was to immerse myself in something creative. So but all he did was set the news to music. It's it's a lib show, but there is a bit in Parks and Recreation <laughs> where Ben Wyatt, uh, the kind of like young twinky sissy supervisor, loses his job, grows a full beard, and just starts making <laughs> a terrible claymation movie because he has nothing and he has to create something. And it's mm. awful. And this is that. <laughs> well, I think mm. so. He, the guy who made this, I believe, works in su- works in news in some capacity. I'm not sure what it is. He's the music reviewer for the Independent. Oh, okay. Well, mm. I, I New- news adjacent. Right. So he's kind of news. He's also like one of those guys who's just like on online all the time. Um, not to say that the rest of us aren't, <laughs> but um, mm. we're doing it in a cool way. We're, we're, exactly. We're online, yeah. di- we're, we're online we're in different ways. We're like, fellas, is it gay to? Is it gay yeah, to it, make a disco album about Brexit? <laughs> it's not gay enough. enough. It's, de- it's dangerous yeah, exactly, straight yeah. disco. But, yeah, it's missionary yeah. position disco. But these are like the audience that I think that he's kind of talking to or like the, the kind of event that has inspired this album comes from this kind of place of like, we know that Brexit is like bad. We're not quite sure like what to do i really kind of just want to go back to is 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 the same thesis yeah. of like i want to go back to 2012 um when everything was good and fine that's the uh, lamest version of the same the time, press x to go back and at the same time yeah. these are also guys who like grew up in like the 80s like they were kind of i i believe that they were either very young or like they were teenagers in the 80s so like mm. disco kind yeah. of you know i don't know i, f- I know fucking nothing yeah. about I, disco I, but I, I, th- I think this that's probably right like there is there it's it's clearly steeped in nostalgia mm. but like again what's what really strikes me is the execution right where you're unable to process you're you are unable to process what's going on this mm. is so clearly a bad idea but you don't know how to counter it effectively. Right. Yeah. So you just keep yeah. repeating these ideas because they're so self-evidently ridiculous, but then mm. you end up making a song called Freedom of Movement where the lyrics are as follows. What's the improvement on freedom of movement? There's no improvement, we hear you cry. Conjunction, you can vamoose. Junction, what's... <laughs> you can mm. vamoose to Lisbon or Toulouse. You think that's cool. You're nothing but a fool. You could set up a home in Budapest or Rome. Who you says think that's vamoose? Hot. It's really not. We're overrun in Pool and Cheltenham. It's so hard to, to handle. Why can't you understand? Like, so why can't you understand? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's you're when you're so just baffled by what's going on, and you have mm. no answer to like the failure of technocratic liberalism to provide you with an answer. Mm. That you make a disco album that if someone heard shorn of the context that it's supposed to be anti-Brexit and was promoted on the Romaniacs would think was just a really well done polished disco <laughs> album about how believe, good Brexit's going to be. I can't believe these so, sentient hams like Aaron Banks and Nigel Farage found a way to hack lib brain. Like, mm. so I, I was going to say that this sort of reminds me of like. 
when um everyone was like making like lo-fi jordan peterson albums and stuff right mm. or like when fash wave was like a thing back in like mm. 2017 so they would basically make these albums of like lo-fi music and they would kind of splice in you know uh things uh like you know uh talks from like richard spencer and like all these kind of alt-right figureheads mm. and the idea was that it was supposed to be damn the 14 bars <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be like so, somewhat ironic but there was like a sincere like the, the approach that they did was like sincere but it was also for like, like a very specific online audience whereas I feel like with these guys they were trying to do that they were trying to make their mm. own like for a lack of a better kind of analogy like a lo-fi Brexit album yeah Um. but and I think that had they just kind of kept in the news clips yeah. it might have worked I might have been well, like okay just, like this is a just, bit weird but go it's off. just so fucking stupid right. like I just like I, as soon as Riley told me this thing existed I was like oh of course it fucking does because that's how <laughs> fucking dumb 2019 is like it's just that these people you know this guy probably makes a hundred thousand pounds a year reviewing music for the independent and that's the kind I mean, of job not, you could but... get as a dumbass in the 90s where like you know just like there were like eight people and 20 jobs so if you wanted to do any job you could just do it and now he makes all this money but suddenly like I mean, and he's not like he doesn't have yeah. bad political views he has like neutral political views where he's sounding like oh I guess racism and sexism are bad I don't know I've not really thought well, about just, it right but then yeah. and then so something comes along like Brexit right where it just like breaks these people's brains because they can see that it's bad it is bad they're not wrong it is bad yeah. but they just can't they can't bring themselves to engage with it right In inside every man dwells two wolves uh, press F for respects <laughs> and press X to go back and they are hammering the X button they are hammering it so hard because they cannot bear to imagine that like everything wasn't fine before and so all they can get caught up in doing is this weird fucking like clotted cream bullshit like oh what if we did a disco album about why Brexit is bad like are you fucking dumb like who is gonna listen to this and be like oh that's such a bop I'm not gonna vote Brexit anymore yeah. like well the like what what is this project I don't I don't understand his, it's but like his, it's the product of a child's mind these his, people need my, psychological my, help my final thought about it Musically, is that if I wanted to listen to something that was a bop that had like neutral to moderate lib politics, I would just stick with my beloved and still uncancelled block party. Like the, the lead singer <laughs> exactly. literally has a stop Brexit musical, and I will never say, make fun of it. They this. used to say he doesn't like Brexit anyway. Well, that's, that's the thing, right? <laughs> a stop a musical about say characters dealing with Brexit. Or even better yet, maybe some kind of piece of art inspired by the turmoil that that came about from it that might be a takeoff from it. Sure, that makes sense. But this is just so fucking literal. Wait, hang on. Actually, Alice, to go back to your Block Party thing, I've just realized, wasn't there a news story a few months ago that Kele Okereke from Block Party was actually involved in some anti-Brexit pressure group and was making some song about yes. Brexit or yes. something? Yes, yes. Isn't yes. That and, and then he spun that out into a full-length musical. Um, oh which, my god! Oh. Again, again, the I, human I, I centipede stupidity. Going, but I will never make fun of it because Block Party were formative for me, and they're a like, good band. Yeah. But why? Why are they now doing this? Why is everyone's brain destroyed by this? <laughs> All I can think of is just the fact that, like, you know, coming back to the idea that satire has to be recognizable as satire, otherwise it just seems like the thing it's making fun of. And so, to me, all I can think of is just a Boney M's version of this song, where it's the Boney M song Rasputin, but it goes like Ra Ra Rasputin Rush. 
Russia's greatest love machine. Respect the 2016 referendum result. It's just like, okay, but this sounds like what your dad would say. Yeah, yeah. if you're, you're the coolest, like the coolest member of the ERG is like currently writing a very similar musical. Rah rah, Vlad Putin, Russia's greatest election rig machine. Yes, <laughs> Hillary's uh, Dominic steal Cummings that has and an tweet enormous that. brain. Damn. Yeah. So right, like I, I think I've finally figured <laughs> Vlad out. Vlad Putin just covered in gravy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've, I've finally figured out what this, what this is, what this, why this sort of grabbed me so much. Lightness. Because I couldn't really tell, and I think I've got it. This reminds me of, of, of that Brexit's relationship with liberal brains who just don't understand why it doesn't stop, who can't engage with the underlying forces that are driven it, and who can't understand that genuinely some kind of compromise between a remain and a leave position might be the best way forward, even if it's not objectively by some magical third position measure the best policy. That to them is like the fungus that takes over the ant's brain in the Amazon and then just starts steering it. And they'll mm. and will and the fungus will steer the ant. It will be dead, but it will still be walking uh, up onto a leaf where then the fungus will grow and burst and then take on more ants. What I'm saying mm. is that I think that this album is basically like the same virus from the game, the fungus rather, from the game The Last of Us. Ah, ironically, I reckon that a lot of people who buy this album do have the first name Fungus. <laughs> it's just a feeling I just have. Kind of, like, just kind of reporting Naughty Dog of the second to uh, trading standards for The Last of Us 2 being contradictory. <laughs> the but, I mean, last it, of us two but it really does kind of play to what you were describing riley in the sense that and milo too much like the people in the united states who want to reset when everything was perfect aka the year 2014 um because orange man is bad these are the same people who would make a disco album about brexit that doesn't even really engage with it in any meaningful way it's just it's meant to be sort of a a a, a primal yop if you will a huge a horrible scream of of rage and frustration but it winds up just i don't know like it it seems like a kind of political engagement that's extremely Mm one-dimensional these are the same people who registered guardian accounts on the comment section so they can just say stop brexit jeremy like it's not they're loud but nothing they're saying is of any real substance yeah this is this is primal scream therapy for liberals set again i must say to pretty good music yeah pretty good stuff yeah. Yeah. no i think you're being too charitable it's just it's just not as shit as you were expecting it to be it's, it's pretty it's pretty lift music vibes like do not listen like okay our listeners i know some of you are broken brained enough to go out and listen to this do not expect it to be a musical triumph it is it is not as shit as you would expect but that is an incredibly low bar well, it's fine it's fine but I like it does anodyne is the best way none of the songs are it, even yeah. catchy i think that some of them are catchy i would i would wholeheartedly <laughs> listen to any fucking One Direction album over that Brexit album. <laughs> yeah, but Riley likes to hang out in torture chambers in Berlin where anyone who enjoys melody is banished. So, I mean, do you want to trust <laughs> his music? Just, just a big guy called Sven just hits you with a hammer if you like putting power chords together. <laughs> Sven, Sven, who can only work here because of freedom of movement. All I can say is that after I finished listening to that album, I did want to get like a denim jacket and put disco disco stew. <laughs> yeah. It is FBPE disco stew with the dead fish <laughs> in the shoe. Mm. Yep, that's it. Alice has it. Yeah, Alice. Al- Alice wins this this particular episode. She got I, the I, I Swedish the disco stew today, with so. rotting fish in the shoe. Um. Yep. So that's disco it. Disco stew. We are. We're now beginning. We're beginning to build more of a cosmology of Lib Dems. Uh, mm. All of their voters are disco stew, and they're led by Lenny and Carl. Let's, exactly. Let's see what we get next.
So it only falls to me to say thank you once again for listening to this bonus episode of Trash Future. Um, you're already paying. You already know the score. A um, couple, uh, couple of things. No plugs this week, but we do want to say a big thank you to a certain listener. Alice, take it mm. away. Yeah, we have to say thank you to Freddy, a.k.a. I cannot pronounce your Scandinavian screen name, man. Tangenjust? T-A-N-N-G-N-J-O-S-T? Just, just I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, to whoever that per- that inscrutable Scandinavian person is, thank you very much. All the candy is delicious. And I repeat, all the candy is delicious. I didn't hate any of it. I liked all of it. Some of my co-hosts are Philistines. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they sent us a, a, um, a giant thing of Scandinavian strange like treats and delights, and we are a, so a, a treat salt. cast, so we appreciate so it. If you want to send, if you have are from like a country, and you just want to send us some yeah, of your if, treats, if you live in a society, uh, send us your treats. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you live in a society, send treats. Oh, DM um, one of us, and we'll give you the, uh, the no address. rotting fish. And of course. Uh, our theme song, once you're done listening to the Brexit album, make sure you just keep on uh, listening to Ginseng. Here we go. Find it on Spotify. It's our theme song. It's super good. But um, uh, Nate, why don't we end on uh, freedom of movement today? If I can pull it, I will. We'll try. Awesome. All right. Well, if you're here, Ginseng, we couldn't pull it. If you hear something else, we pulled it. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.